Mac Jones is ripped. Matt Patricia is calling plays. The Celtics are title favorites. And The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck, and today it is Power Hour. Every week, we will be power ranking something on Wednesdays during the season, and this week, we are power ranking our favorite season-long bets on FanDuel Sportsbook. I had my favorite season-long props from FanDuel Sportsbook. Craig and Dika sent me theirs. I power ranked them all. They don't know the order of it. I do. So we're going through all our favorite season-long prop bets. And if you're not familiar with Power Hour, it's very simple. We're going to power rank our favorite bets. And after two minutes, you will hear this sound. Tom Tom, baby. It's back. Courtesy of Tom Tom. If you haven't heard us do Power Hour before, we wanted the sound to be from Fantasy by Mariah Carey, but we couldn't get Mariah Carey to um, respond to our request to use the song. So we just use the song that she samples in Fantasy, and it's it's a whole thing. I mean, we'd love, Mariah, we'd love Mariah Carey's Fantasy to be the theme song of our entire show, let alone this episode specifically. But, right. You know. So if you know Mariah, <laughs> talk to us. Someone just get Mariah into Fantasy Football. This show is getting more and more popular, which means the odds of us getting Mariah's cousin <laughs> to listen to this show are increasing. Do you know how many emails I got about people listening in the shower? There's a lot of people that listen in the shower. And it just made me realize a lot of people listen to this podcast. Maybe DK, more than we I have thought. to be weird at the end, not the beginning. That's <laughs> like the Let's first keep going. One. Let's keep it moving. Also, important announcement. We're going to have in-season rankings, start-sit rankings at fantasyfootball.theringer.com this year. If you liked Ooh. our draft guide, hopefully you did. Every week, I know we get a lot of start-sit questions. We're going to have our rankings right there. That We'll have super flex rankings, but you can also sort by position. So you can see our quarterback, running back, wide receiver rankings, all that jazz, tight ends too. Everything. And so you can sort by position. You can see everything and it's going to be great. So we'll have that every week for you. You can combine running back, receiver and tight end. So you're trying, if you're trying to fill your flex spot, you can also see who we've got ranked highest there. So yeah, it's very, very useful on Sunday morning. Fantasyfootball.theringer.com. Before we get into the bets, one big overarching note on gambling. And before yep. you listen to anything we say is uh, don't bet overs. They're dumb. Like, we're going to just, we're not very good at this, so we're going to just recommend overs and overs. Here's a good thing to know. I got the good note from Connor Allen over at Betsperts. 
if you had just blindly bet every single season long prop bet, like a player bet, how many passing yards, receiving yards, whatever, every single under, you would have won two thirds of your bets last year. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two thirds specific. Now, obviously, because you have to give juice on those bets, you know, you're giving 10%. You're not going to win two, th- right. like, you know, 16% money, but you'd be in the positive. However, this one also from Connor Allen, incredible. If you had just bet the under on rushing touchdowns last year for every individual player, those hit at a 77% clip <laughs> and then passing yards and passing touchdowns. So both of them for individual players, the under on players passing yards and passing touchdowns hit three out of four. So that was 74% under. This is the year they all go over, though. That's how I, I can feel <laughs> it. This is our year. Yeah, betting overs <laughs> is like picking that one tight end in like the, the, the 10 to 20 range that you think is going to hit. That's like betting an over for a wide receiver. Because the inherent truth is that for an over to hit, you need your player to probably play every game. And season, yeah, which yeah. is already a difficult bet in and of itself. So unders, uh, boring, but safe. <laughs> yeah, well, what Craig said is key because there's two reasons. One, as Craig just said, like if you're if the guy gets injured, you're screwed. Yes. Not to mention all their teammates could get injured. Like stuff happens. Like success requires a lot of little things to go right. And sometimes that just doesn't happen. And it doesn't matter. Like even like this year, Cooper Cup. If Matt Stafford's arm isn't working like that, Cooper Cup can stay healthy and it could go wrong. Not to mention, we talk about this all the time, but since it's a new season, it's always worth hitting again. Like, it sucks to bet the under. Who wants to bet against the player doing well? That's not fun. So the lines are already artificially kind of propped up because you're always trying to be positive. It's really just dumb and kind of just a giant exercise in self-control. Unless you hate the player for some reason. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, So with that said, we're going to go recommend a bunch of overs. Right. Um... (laughs) No, so, yeah, so I, I, I think we know how Hyvitz's power ranking is going to go. I yeah. can't imagine there's going to be an over in the top five. Although my over is pretty good. So, yeah, with that said, we're going to power rank our favorite bets for this coming season. And again, Craig and DK submitted their bets to me that they liked. They gave me no context, and I ranked them along with mine. If I'm being honest, I liked all of mine better than theirs, but I thought that would be yeah, like no that shit. content. So I, I jumbled it around. <laughs> but before we begin, should we um, commit to actually betting all 10 of these or should it be the top five how should we do it <laughs> i will commit to like the top six and then we'll go from there okay all right um <laughs> i already don't like where this is going anything after it. like five i'm like uh, i definitely like as i progressively go down this list i'm like uh, all right i but with that said power ranking our top prop bets season long on fandle sports for this season you can start the clock craig number one Danny Kelly, Lamar Jackson, what? under 3,500 wow. passing yards. Under, DK, why did you want to bet this? I can't. I just still can't believe it. I was expecting all mine to be at the very bottom. Uh, Lamar Jackson, let me get into it. So, as we know, last year, the Ravens basically had all of their running backs get hurt. They had many of their offensive linemen get hurt. They ended up being far, far different stylistically and philosophically than they had been in the previous years. They basically were pass heavy relative to them. Um, and Lamar Jackson ended up passing a lot more than we expected. I think that they're going to re- re- uh, regress back to like sort of their normal style this year. They're going to be more run heavy. We're not going to see Lamar Jackson pass as much. They just got rid of his top receiver and Marquise Brown. Um, yeah, so under 3,500 passing yards. That's the, that's what I'm betting on here. I think he's just going to be a lot more run heavy. What do you think? 
Well, more importantly, you kind of buried the lead. He's not, he hasn't even sniffed this number. I was going to say, how did you say all that and not mention that? To you? Well, here's the deal. He got hurt last year. He was yes. on pace for 4,000 yards passing last year. So I but think that's, that's why factored it's, into Lamar Jackson. He runs it 15 times a game. Yeah. Um, in 2020, he was on pace for uh, 3,125 yards over 17 games. In 2019, 3,500 and 44 yard pace. So just over what, what this number is. So I think there's a reason that this number is this number. Um, but I think just if everything goes right for the, for the Ravens, or at least a lot of things go right for the Ravens, they're going to be much more run heavy this year. They're not going to so be. So if everything goes heavily. right for the team, whose mascot already tore their AC. <laughs> <down here. laughs> yeah. Here's the thing though. Like you have to also probably bake in, maybe Lamar gets hurt and misses a couple of games. He is. Well, like, if he doesn't get hurt, do you like this bet? I still like it, yeah. I think it'll be close if he doesn't get hurt, but I, I still like it. Okay. Uh, well, we're actually early on TomTom <laughs> because TomTom's going to play right now. There it is. And that's never going to happen again. This is the greatest start to a power hour of all time. I'm number one. I'm now nervous that Heifetz hates all my bets. I feel like that has to be the case. <laughs> well, no, no, he's actually, softening me up now. I can tell. No, well, I actually, you know, we can do that right now. Actually, my number two, Craig. Yep. Deontay Johnson under 950 receiving yards. You can tell I wanted to respect that you guys are choosing unders. You did. Okay. <laughs> Craig, as soon as I saw this, I was intrigued. Yeah, I mean, he had last year he had 1,100 yards. The year before that, he had 960. But the key metric here is that he tied for second in the NFL in targets last year, and he only had 1,160 yards. Second in the entire NFL wow. in targets. He had the same amount of targets as Devontae Adams, who turned that into 1,500 yards. Uh, I mean, the offense is not the same in so many ways, right? They obviously have a new QB in Mitch Trubisky. They're going to have a different offensive scheme. Uh, they're going to be way less focused on these little checkdowns to Deontay Johnson. Uh, there's going to be a way higher yards per attempt, which I know may kind of make you think, well, wouldn't he catch, you know, more balls for 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 a higher depth of target? Which may be right. true. I think he's going to have less catches for sure. Um, and there's also just a lot more competition this year. We obviously have George Pickens is in the mold and could be the best receiver on the team. Chase Claypool seems to be healthy. Um, another year, Friar Pat Fryermuth. Yes. Yeah. Um, and not to mention that Deontay Johnson is always banged up. I mean, he actually has <laughs> been relatively healthy in terms of like starting games, but he doesn't finish a lot of them. And I'm I'm willing to bet that that you know if he needed the second most targets in the NFL to get to 1,100 yards last year, I don't think he's going to get close to that this year. I think what made sense to me is when you when you're looking for a bet like this, sometimes you, you, I think you I've been increasingly thinking about luck as like surface area. You just want the most surface area to get something right. And as soon as I saw this list, I thought about how you always say how Deontay Johnson just is always leaving the game for some reason. He literally got he left the game in the preseason. He cut one pass <laughs> and he left the game with a shoulder injury. And it's like Deontay's always leaving the game with the injury. Not to mention the George Pickens stuff, the rookie quarterback. And I was like, now it, it seems a little crazy to bet against Deontay the talent, but I was like, you know what? There's a lot of ways for him to get under 950. So I like this one, Craig. I think it's a good job. Thank you. Agreed. Wow. Nailed On it. time Nailed again. Two for two. All right. Next one. Uh, I kind of like this better than yours, too. And maybe I should have put this number one, but it felt um, really annoying to put my own number one. I have Justin Jefferson over 99 receptions. Now, is this over? Is it stupid to bet on anyone to have 100 catches? Yes, don't care. He had 108 last year. Admittedly, After he gets just, hurt. You just yelled at us for five minutes about betting unders, and then you do this. Yeah, but this one's right. That's the difference. <laughs> it's like you're not <laughs> getting it. Like oh, everyone okay. else it's, is it's, wrong. It's like the Tobias Fugue kick quote. What is it, DK? <laughs> <laughs> oh, these people delude themselves into thinking that it'll work, but it never does. But I think it just might work with us. I don't know. I'm, I'm butchering it, I'm sure. <laughs> 
It might work for us. No, it's like he had 108 last year, and now they're doing the pass-first offense, and he's getting the Cooper Cup role for the guy who was the Rams' offensive coordinator last year. I know that title's kind of a lie because McVay's the offensive coordinator. Who cares? Like, the whole thing is they're getting layups. Like, they're going to move Justin Jefferson all over the formation. They're going to just get him all these quick passes, these basic things that just get ball into Justin Jefferson's hand. More. That's the point. And if he plays the games, I don't know how he doesn't hit 99 catches. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I actually think we're probably overblowing the number of passes they're going to throw just a little bit here because I think it, you know, they still will be pretty balanced. And the Vikings were also pass balanced last year. They, they, right. they weren't an inc- they weren't the Titans, you know? They, right. they were still like a relatively pass-heavy offense. But I think it's the type of balls he's going to get. That's what I was going to say. That being said, like him moving into the slot where he's going to get more of the layup throws, if it's you hit it on the head, I think it's just going to be, um, the volume is going to go up for him in terms of number of targets, number of catches. Like it's just getting him more involved in the offense instead of having him, uh, you know, win with higher degree of difficulty plays. I think just getting him in the slot and getting those easy dump offs, easy throws uh, is going to be huge for him in terms of the volume of passes he catches. So I like this one a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the truth of it is, like, a lot of these overs will hit if these guys are healthy. Like, do I think—there's Tom Tom. Do I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor's going to rush for over 1,300 yards if he plays the whole season? Yeah. Is is Jamar Chase going to catch over, you know, over 1,225 yards if he plays the whole season? Yeah. This is essentially a bet that I think Justin Jefferson's not going to get hurt. I My fourth one, I'm going back-to-back back on myself here. I have Cortland Sutton for the Broncos <laughs> over 65 catches. And oh, that's pretty low. I know yeah. I, uh, that's exactly it. I know that, like, you know, again, he, you know, uh, again, overs are dumb, whatever, don't care. Corlin Sun had 58 <laughs> catches last year with Teddy Bridgewater. He's now going to be the guy. Wow, that's a very juicy number. Yeah. Isn't it? And then the other yeah. part that's underrated, obviously, Cortland Sutton, Russell Wilson, big quarterback upgrade, et cetera. I do think Cortland Sutton's going to be the number one for Denver, not Jerry Judy. But the underrated part of Denver, they're going to be up-tempo. They're going to run more plays. Like, last year, Seahawks, dead last in plays, as you always say, DK. Denver was, like, 28th. Like, 2-8. Yeah. 28th in pace. This, the, the Broncos with Russell Wilson are going to be way faster. And so they're just going to have way more plays, way more throws. Like, I, I love Sutton over 65 catches. There's a world where he does this by Thanksgiving. <laughs> I like your confidence. The, the Broncos were, ran a lot of plays last year with a different head coach, but now that they have Nathaniel Hackett, and Hackett's coming from Green Bay, and, and they are like notoriously one of the slowest offenses in the league. You don't think that that plays a role? No, because they're doing everything how Russ wants to do it. Russ wants tempo. Uh, dude, believe me, as someone who's heard during the offseason, during the preseason and training camp, it's been a yearly talking point. Like, up-tempo, 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 getting a like, two-minute offense-style thing, but like all all quarter like Russell Wilson is obsessed with this and after forcing his way out of Seattle forcing a trade um coming into Denver like they are going to I think the odds are that they're gonna you know placate him and actually do some of the things they want to do there's already all these reports about how he he has like this mystic connection with Nate Hackett and all this stuff like Mystic? Aaron Rodgers is the monopoly on mysticism this offseason. Mystic is maybe not the word that they use, but it's like a magical relationship or whatever. It's a shame that Russ couldn't have Nathaniel Hackett over to his house to spend a night because he doesn't have (laughs) enough bedrooms, but (laughs) he can sleep in the pool house. Um, what was it? Twenty five thousand square feet, four bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, I went to. I should ask Russell Wilson about that. I can't believe I did. Oh my god. Uh, this is a great bet, though. Hyphen. it's sixty five is is low. It is. Well, yeah, speaking of the, I fifth, I actually have DK's bet. Russell Wilson most regular season passing touchdowns. Uh, the yeah. only thing I don't like is it's sixteen to one, which feels low. But I 
DK, why do you think Russell's? You don't think that's good enough this? odds? I was well, say, you this tell is... me how how confident are you that Russ will lead the league in passing touchdowns? All right, so last year he hurt, broke his finger. Let's throw last year out just for the sake of argument. Two years ago, he threw forty touchdowns on the Seahawks when they were were trying to be like you know run balance all that stuff. That was second most in the NFL. Um, he did that on five hundred and fifty eight pass attempts. For comparison, last year. This is granted at one more extra game or whatever, but Brady led the NFL with 43 passing touchdowns, so three more than Wilson did in 2020, on 719 attempts. Herbert threw 38 touchdowns on 672 attempts. I think Wilson is going to easily hit his career high in pass attempts this year, and I would bet there's a strong chance he also hits career high in touchdowns. Like, this is a good team. This is a good offense. They have good skill players. Um, he can spread the football around. It's in a gauntlet of a division where there's probably going to be shootouts. Um you know, as much as it's going to pain me to watch this, I think there's a very str- like solid chance Wilson is the leader in touchdowns this year. Like he's just so efficient. Well, here's my question, I, because I've been thinking about that 2020 Seahawks season for a long time. But the problem was it was the story of two halves. In the right. first eight games of that season, 2020, Russ actually had almost 30 touchdowns in eight <laughs> games. Yeah, and then in the second half of the season, they started playing too high. The whole too high thing. They did it to Russ first, honestly. And then he had like 12 in the second. So he went from 30 touchdowns in the first half to like 12 because the way to beat the two high, like more checkdowns, more middle of the field stuff, more easy throws. But like Russ doesn't do that. And I'm curious, DK, how you think Russ is going to respond in Denver to just needing to take the easy stuff when whether it's his height or just his habits or whatever, he just doesn't take easy stuff. He just demands on doing the hard stuff and deep throws. Right. Uh, well, that's part of the reason I, I'm actually like the fact that he just refuses to do that is actually probably a good thing. And the fact that he apparently has the support of the coaching staff here, which is going to, I think, have a longer leash for him to do the let Russ cook stuff and then like be high volume, be up tempo, all that stuff. Cause like in the, in the past with the Seahawks, like if Russell Wilson starts turning the ball over even a little, like Pete Carroll's like hits the eject button on anything that's going like he's stopped, like he, he puts a stop to it immediately. Um, so I, I think he will have more turnovers and maybe it won't be quite as efficient, like insanely efficient as it was with the Seahawks, but I still think he's going to have way more passes and that's going to translate into more touchdowns. So I do, I think that's a valid, I think it's definitely a valid point, um, but I still think just the volume is going to be there for him to like really go off. By the way, I forgot to run the timer on this round, so I probably won't have two minutes. <laughs> I was so debating gonna... whether to say anything or not. I was, I was like, do I call him out? Now we'll just rev it up for the next round here. Well, since you forgot the timer, it's not disrespecting Tom. Tom, I don't know how I feel about sixteen to one on anyone to like lead the NFL in touchdown passes. Let me pull up the other odds here. The other guys, I think it's pretty solid. Like if you look at some of the other ones, I like Wilson a lot more. Um, let me see here. Wilson is tied with Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins. They're all sixteen to one. Then there's a huge drop off to to guys. God, Kyler Murray is is plus three thousand. There's no one really below that. That is that that piques my interest. There's you got you know Matt. The, the, the top seven are Herbert, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Stafford, Burrow, Dak, and then Russ. But passing touchdowns, he's sixteen to one. Do you have any interest in that, TK? I mean, I guess so. That's interesting. But he's always been like a big play guy, not necessarily like I don't know. It maybe maybe that maybe things are different now, and like that's what matters. And maybe he will be. Up there in yards this no, year. No, I think too. the touchdowns make more sense. I still feel like the offense is going to be ba- more balanced, but yeah. but you know, Russ has always been the guy who has 230 yards but four touchdowns. Right. Like the moonshot touchdowns down the field. I don't know. Hold on. Trey Lance is a hundred to one. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know that like Trey Lance might not be good at football, but 
Remember, literally two years ago, Lamar Jackson just went from like barely being a player to just leading the NFL touchdowns. Is it crazy to bet on Trey Lance at a hundred to one for for yards or touchdowns? Touchdowns is that insane? Hundred to one. If, if this season happened a hundred times, Trey Lance can't it's lead so the league. So sane. Is it so sane? Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's impossible. Is it? Or is it so possible that your head is spinning like a top? It can't be. Can it? Or is your entire world just crashing down all around you? I mean, it's insane, but sure. It's insane. I'm out on that. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought hundred. I thought that was gonna be tricky. All right, fine. Restart the clock. All right. All next right. one I've got, Craig. Yeah. Clyde Edwards-Alaire over four and a half rushing touchdowns. This is a fucking <laughs> gimme. <laughs> four and a yeah. half is wild. He had four last year, and he only played in ten games, and he lost thirty pounds from gallbladder surgery. He had four <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> oh man. He also had four in his rookie season, and he had and he played th- only thirteen games that year, and he got stuffed like six times in week one, uh, right in the end zone. This year he's healthy and his team is likely to shift, although maybe not very much, but their offensive approach this year a little bit to a more power running style, feature the run a little bit more. Uh, Clyde could beat this total in half the season, in my opinion. He shouldn't have any competition. They didn't bring in anybody who's a real problem for him. Uh, Ronald Jones made the team. They have Jerick McKinnon, who's a third down guy. They have Isaiah Pacheco, uh, who looks like the third stringer right now. I mean, there is not a lot of competition going on for Clyde to dominate goal line work. Well, that's the question. Is Ronald Jones going to be the short yardage guy? That's the question. Yeah. Well, the, the obvious, I think, retort to this would be he isn't he hasn't gotten opportunities around the goal line since he was stuffed like five times in a row his first game in the NFL, and then since then it's been like they just use that other guys. I do. I still like this bet because I think they just this is his year to be like the starter to be the guy in this offense, and I think like there's not a lot of competition from both Jones or Pacheco or McKinnon, like for his specific role. Um, the other thing that I liked here, Craig, which is very similar, but like Clyde was there over under on rushing yards is 650.5. Like he had 500 uh, yeah, something wow. on in 10 games last year. I think it'd be really funny if Clyde played all 17 games and didn't hit either of these numbers. That's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I, I keep thinking, well, what if Ronald Jones gets all the short yardage and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Clyde has to get five touchdowns, right? This is how people lose money. What I just did right there. That's how we just keep losing money over and over. He almost got cut like during the offseason. He's barely made the team. I like I like this bet. I'm going to lose money on it, but I like it. The reason why I like touchdowns over yards with Clyde is because like, even if he gets hurt in week 12, like he could have three touchdowns in a game. I don't know. Yeah. Yes, yeah, let's do it. All right. The next one, this is doing long shots here. DK has Rashad Penny. <laughs> Most rushing yards in the NFL this season. At this one, one, I threw out the long shot. I wanted to do a to couple one. long shots. I like 50 to one for Rashad Penny. The guy behind him, Ken Walker, has already had like a hernia surgery. Here, let me get and- my pitch. Yeah, let me get my pitch. This is So last year, he, he finished seventh in the NFL in rushing yards per game. Granted, he only played in 10 games. However, three of those 10 games, he totaled eight nine, and seven yards. His other six games, he averaged 134 yards a game. <laughs> so obviously that's a small sample. I get it. But now if he could stay healthy, and of course that's the biggest if, but I'm 50 to one that he can stay healthy. I think there's a chance <laughs> that, that Pete Carroll's just going to like ride this offense on Rashad Penny. Like he's going to be the heart of the offense. Like this is what this is what Pete Carroll wants. They traded away Russell Wilson. Like 
Geno Smith is going to be, I think, a game manager, but not necessarily like a high volume passer. And by the way, last year, if you remember, Jonathan Taylor, who was the rushing champ of last season, uh, their team basically gave up on passing in the second half of the year and was just like, fuck it, we're just going to let Jonathan Taylor carry us like for good or bad. And that was the big part of the reason he won the rushing title. He averaged 106 yards per game. Like rushing, ti- the rushing title is not what it used to be. That's, that is an excellent point as a part of this. 134 yards a game. And also, Rashad Craig, Penny. I, you, like, yeah. Well, Craig went to San Diego State and I'm like, Four years ago, like Rashad Penny straight up led the entire America in college in rushing yards. <laughs> the entire season. America. And we're like 50 to one that he's just the lead back in Seattle will just not lose his job to the rookie who had hernia surgery. And like, maybe he'll just do it. Yeah, Penny, I mean, he was like fourth or fifth in Heisman voting that year. But yeah, I mean, other than Jonathan Taylor, who had 1,800 yards, you're right. It's like Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon had 1,200. That's kind of it. So I'm basically saying like, if Jonathan Taylor sprains an ankle, could Rashad Penny win exactly. the Russian title? Yeah, we're Probably. not saying he's better. We're saying that 50 to one, shit happens. What if <laughs> yeah. he stays healthy? <laughs> Pretty much, like, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, this is, this one's not as fun. My next one, I, I'm going, I'm calling my own number. I like this one. Bears receiver Darnell Mooney over nine hundred and twenty-five receiving yards. I what did you like? Like did somebody take over your brain? And you're all <laughs> overs. Well, I think that the I think that what I was trying to do. Look, all the unders are just the right bet, and that's why I let off with it. These are the overs that I like, and they're all going to lose, but it's fine. Under just bet unders, but if you're going to throw in overs, these are the overs I like. That like overall, you should don't want to one hundred percent unders. You want to throw some in. I like this one for a reason. Like, Dar- that's good. Cons, uh, yeah, thanks. Cons, obvious. Bears, <laughs> bad. Darnell Mooney, probably like the worst number one receiver in football. I get that. However, he is the number one receiver for the Chicago Bears. Nine hundred twenty-five yards is like not that many yards, man. I mean, he had over a thousand last year, and Allen Robinson was on the team. That's the thing. So yeah. I guess that the argument here is Allen Robinson leaving. Will mean defense is just blanket Darnell Mooney and just hope that the Bears' other guys are so bad. But like, I don't know if I buy that. Like, Allen Robinson leaning leaving means his Darnell Mooney's total went down by a hundred yards this year. Like, this doesn't compute. I feel like double teams in the NFL happens fewer, like less often yes. than people think. Like, double teams are it's not easy to double team because like then you you're giving the opposing team like a huge advantage somewhere somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. Here's the deal, Mooney. Last year, I saw this from. Uh, fantasypoints.com. They had 20 he has 26% target rate last year which was sixth most and that was with Allen Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Like who else do they have now? And also I think Justin Fields is going to take a jump this year as a passer. Like it's not going to be a massive massive jump, but he's going to be more comfortable and I think in theory they're going to have more plays that like allow him to do what he wants to do which is throw the ball down the field, you know, boot out. He's not going to be he's not like a like a really quick processing, you know, short passer. That's like what they tried to turn him into last year. I think they're going to let him be him this year. So he's going to be much better. It's going to be a messy 1,000 yards for Mooney, but it is still going to be 1,000 yards. It's it's calories. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if it's healthy, but it's calories. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of 1,000 yards, uh, I'll go back to DK one more time. Damn. DK, you have DJ Moore over 1,100 yards. All these yes. overs. Well, the oh, yeah, I have mixed feelings on the the rest of the bets. I know this is me sort of doubling down on my DJ Moore uh, hot take or whatever take purge. Um, but if you look at his over under, he's achieved this number. So the, his over under is eleven hundred point five. He's gone over on that the last three years with a combination of late career Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Allen, and Will Greer at quarterback. I can't overstate Will Greer like how bad 
of passers all that group is. Like, they're bad passers. Um, still, he's averaged 75 yards a game over the last three seasons. If he plays a full year, again, this is basically betting that he'll not get hurt, uh, he'd go he'd have uh, at that rate he'd go for uh, 1275 yards so he'd go way over he could still miss two games and still go over if he has this average of 75 receiving yards a game ish um i just think baker mayfield is much much better i think dj moore is starting to hit you know the um prime of his career he's 25 years old the panthers aren't going to be good so it's going to be a lot of pass heavy scripts it all just kind of adds up to him going off this year this is exactly what vegas does Guys, this is the black magic that they work. Like, uh, yeah, if if DJ Moore plays all 17 games and everything's decent, yeah, he probably will have like 1,200 yards. But like, he can play 15 games and still go over. Yeah, it's. I, I think Vegas factors in that that people think, oh God, th- this line is 90 yards lower than he had last year. Like, what a steal! And it's like, well, yeah, he played <laughs> every <hooking>. game. <laughs> yeah. Being like looking at these lines and being like, well, shit. I mean, he could probably hit this over if he's healthy and like Baker plays the whole year and things are fine. Like that looks great. But to me, it's like, this is this is the trap that Vegas sets for you is that in your head, everything has to work out for it to happen. And, and, and that's easy to imagine in your mind. And then by week three, he has a twisted ankle and Baker's shoulder hurts and you're screwed. <laughs> so Craig, I agree, but I don't really like, like the other bets you had. So I, I want to ask you, the last one you had, you had Mike Evans under 1,025 yards, which I kind of like as a hot take, but Mike Evans is like the 1,000 yards guy. So I wanted to know, why did you pick Mike <laughs> Evans to go under 1,000 yards? I mean, he's he's kind of the 1,000 yards guy. I mean, yes, he's he's done it for every year of his career, but let me he, here are his <laughs> that's, totals. That's the 1,000 yards guy. He has four seasons with 1,051, 1,001, 1,006, <laughs> 1,035, so I don't think it's that hot of a take. Uh, he played 16 games in each of the last two seasons, and like I said, he had 1,006 and 1,035 in those two seasons. <laughs> he's he's this is I think the Bucks' offense is going to be the worst it's been with Brady. He's also banged up right now. He's always banged up. He's getting older. The Bucks' O-line is in shambles. Uh, there are, once again, a lot of wide receivers on this team. Julio is there now. Russell Gage is there. Chris Godwin seems relatively healthy. Another year of Brady with the, the most awkward offseason the Bucs have had. Um, I think everything has to go right for him to reach 1,000 yards, which it has the last few years. I don't think it's going to happen this year. But my concern is, you know who's probably like the most aware person that Mike Evans has had 1,000 yards every year of his career? Brady? Mike Evans or Brady? Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Like, Mike Evans, it's not like, like, let's be real. Sometimes players care about their stats. Like, part of quarterbacking does involve some politics. I'm not saying it's the main part of any quarterback's job, but like, let's be real. Like Mike Evans is extremely aware that he's a thousand yards and Brady's going to help him get to a thousand. And so unless he gets hurt, Tom Brady's going to get Mike Evans to a thousand yards and you're betting on him being between a thousand and a thousand twenty five or his hamstring just acts up too much. But like Mike Evans wants to get a thousand. He had a thousand and six and you're like, dude, how are you nervous right now? He had a thousand and six and then a thousand and thirty five. No, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying I saw this and I was like, Mike Evans won't let himself get under a thousand. That was like my honest first reaction. But I believe it's true. I mean, the, the guy has like, he's averaging like 70 catches a year. I mean, I, I, I just think a lot needs to go right for the Bucks this year. And I guess it has in the past, but I, I think things are a bit grimmer and nobody wants to, to really realize it in Tampa. I'll say this. I actually like it more than the DJ Moore over 1100. I'll give you that. Yeah. How are you like uh, the Baker Mayfield Panthers? And we're like, oh, yeah, I always got to do yeah, it. Cha- just- well, it changed my mind. You're right. I changed my mind. I like the Mike Evans. Again, all unders are better. I'm just, you know. <laughs> All right. Damn it. 
Speaking of which, tackle millions in prizes all football season long in FanDuel Fantasy Contest. If you're new to fantasy, there's no better time to get in on the action because right now, new customers get a free single-game entry when you sign up for FanDuel. Single-game contests are a great way to get in on the action for the week's biggest matchups with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Just draft your five-player lineup and put your best player in the MVP position where fantasy points are multiplied by one and a half. Plus, on FanDuel, you can also play full slate contests featuring multiple games, season-long best ball contests, and so much more. And when you win, you'll get paid fast. So kick off football season with a free single-game entry. Just download the FanDuel Fantasy app and start making every moment more. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus is issued as a non-withdrawal site credit that expires after 30 days. Craig, there's one other bet I wanted to ask you about. You had Trevor Lawrence to lead the league in interceptions at 10-1. to Yeah. Didn't he do this last year too? Yes, he tied with Stafford. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, he's 10 to 1. He's not even in the top 4. He's 5th in in who will lead uh the league in picks, which I don't understand at all. Here's what I like about Trevor Lawrence leading the league in picks. He has two things that I think is necessary to make this bet. He has a long leash mm-hmm. and he takes risks. And if you want to add a third component, they lose a lot and they're going to be down a lot probably. Here are the guys with worse odds than him, a.k.a. the guys who who the, the Vegas thinks is more likely to lead the league in picks. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, who could get benched and who's hurt, Davis Mills, who could get benched, Baker Mayfield, who could get benched. Trevor Lawrence can't get benched. He's not going to get benched. He's going to play all 17 games, pretty much no matter how bad he is. And they're going to throw it a ton. The guys after him, Jameis Winston, could get benched. Trey Lance could get benched. Like, Trevor Lawrence is the only guy, I think, that has a 17-game lock on the season. Warren Sharp went on Bill's pod last week and just vehemently made the case for Trevor Lawrence's under on interceptions this year. So Craig sent this in. I was like, ah! Craig, Warren Sharp. <laughs> Hitting them against Craig. each other. But, but, Are you just saying, oh, Sharp said no, so I'm saying well, no? Well, no, I think Warren had two really good points, which is why I bring it up, which is his point where it was, one, Doug Peterson actually limited the Eagles to 15 picks or fewer every year of his career. And like, even with Pete Carson Wentz and bad decision-making, like even mm-hmm. Carson Wentz's pick, pick percentage was like half of what Lawrence's was last year. And basically the fall from Urban Meyer going to Doug Peterson, I think the turnover rate's going to be cut in half. And Warren didn't say this, but I think the most obvious part, Trevor Lawrence threw seven picks in his first three games. Like he just wasn't ready for the season. And then after that, it kind of buckled down. He had one bad game against the Titans, which in retrospect, Urban Meyer was fired shortly after he had four picks. But otherwise... Lawrence wasn't really bad after September, and so, uh, I don't know. I guess 10 to 1's not terrible. I don't really think it means he has to be bad. I think it just means he has to be throwing a lot, taking a lot of risks, yes. and they're down a lot. I, I, You know, it's like a lot of quarterbacks throw a lot of interceptions. It's like Matt Stafford tied for the league lead in interceptions last year. That doesn't mean Matt Stafford is bad. I was going to say, this, this is sort of a um, misleading stat category because, like, if you look at the top 10 guys in, in the NFL and interceptions last year it's like a lot of the best quarterbacks in the nfl like matthew stafford number one herbert number three josh allen number four Derek carr six burrow seven patrick mahomes nine like this is a good list of very good receiver uh, quarterbacks because they're throwing a lot um i think i it's think like it, brett Favre is the most interception in his career <laughs> Cy young like had the most losses and eli baseball. manning has led the league in interceptions like three times yeah, Great I, like, I like where craig says that because lawrence does have sort of a underrated yolo like philosophy or like personality. Like he he's not afraid to let it rip into like triple coverage. All right. We can do Trevor Lawrence 10 to one. Uh, <laughs> while we're doing long shots here, DK, you also had Kyler Murray, most regular season passing yards. Yeah. This one's super like long f- shot. This one's super long shot. To one. Um, 
Here's the deal. Every single season in Kyler Murray's career, he's increased his yards, passing yards per game. He wants to run less. He's told us this many, many times. Um, I think this year he's going to have the best group of offensive talent around him. Granted, DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss six games, but I think, um, you know, he's once he comes back, like this is going to be a pretty loaded offense with Hopkins, Zach Ertz, Marquise Brown. In theory, hopefully Rondell Moore kind of like makes a jump and, and is a serviceable slot receiver. Um, you know, I think there's a chance that he get, ends up getting better as a passer in his fourth year again. Uh, and by the way, he's gotten hurt every year. So that's like a big variable, I think, that has to go into this. Like if he can stay healthy for the first time in his career, um, he has a chance to like exceed expectations by quite a lot. If you go back to last year, prior to injuring his ankle in week eight, um, he was averaging 285 passing yards a game, which is around like in any given year, it's like a, like a 4,800-yard pace, which is like around third or something like that. If he makes even a jump from that, um, like he could break 5,000 yards in theory. Again, this is like a long shot, but I kind of like it because I think he's talented. I think um, the situation is he's not going to want to run a lot. He's going to try and you know carry the offense with his arm. They have more weapons. Um, again, their defense, I don't know what their defense is going to be. Is going to be good enough to like make it a you know, like protecting a lot of leads. I think they're going to be like playing in shootouts more often than not. So, um, yeah, again, it's a long shot, but I kind of like the odds there. 34 to one. I'm really proud of you for getting through that whole thing and not mentioning the video game stuff with Kyler Murray. That he has something to prove. Chip on his shoulder year. <laughs> He's I'm pissed all in. off. Yeah. Chip on those tiny, tiny shoulders. <laughs> um, I do like it though. But like, I guess the only issue is that, is that the, the Cardinals are kind of a balanced team. You know, they're not as running gun as you kind of think they are. With with James Conner and Kyler running, like, they actually are a, a bit more balanced mm -hmm. than a team like, you know, Tampa Bay, who's just, like, throwing it at a 66% clip. Yeah. I think that's why you're getting 34 to 1. You're betting. Right. If you, look at, if you look at some of the guys around here, um, Matt Ryan is 34 to 1. Also, Carson Wentz is 50 to 1. Ryan Tannehill, 50 to 1. Like, it drops off precipitously. This is the—he's basically the last guy that I could see— in this like entire group really to have like sort of a prolific passing season. So I just picked the, picked the guy with the, like the longest odds. Okay. Those are our season long prop bets. Check those out on Fandle Sportsbook. Um, all of them are going to hit, especially <laughs> the overs, even though again, like 75% of um, passing yardage under set. Except year. for this year. This is, this is our year for the overs. Yeah. Put your paycheck on these bets and then send it to us and we'll shout you out on the pod. <laughs> Don't do that. No, don't do that. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Emails. We got a great email from Kieran. 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 
My 12-year-old nephew got into fantasy two seasons ago with his dad's help is now the, in the league manager for a family league. Many of us had played before, and this league was originally set up to be simple and kid-friendly. But as Kieran's gotten more into it, it's gotten just as competitive as our other leagues. This year, <laughs> Kieran expanded the league to 12 teams and invited one of his good friends to join. The friend even came over to his house for the draft. When we were about 50 picks into the auction draft, Deontay, Deontay Johnson was being bid up to $42. That's a lot. Just as time is running down, and we were all laughing about the price of Deontay Johnson in the Zoom call, his friend reaches over and clicks the bid button on the nephew's computer. So the nephew's friend hits bid on the computer. My nephew then wins the bid for Deontay Johnson at $43 for a player he did not want. This also represented most of his remaining money and left oh, him with no. $30 to get a quarterback, a third receiver, a flex, plus all of his individual defensive players and his bench. Uh, we still don't know if the friend did this to be funny or to get out of the $42. I mean, aside just reading this, obviously both. My nephew was super mature about it and did not throw a fit like I probably would have done in his shoes. And I don't think he wants any compensation. Most of us only found out about this after the draft was done. But if this happened in your family and the nephew was more upset about it, what would reasonable compensation be now that the draft is complete <laughs> and on the books or is no compensation needed since the Deontay overpay isn't that bad? What a king. I, I love that he's not even freaking out. Like That's the type of person I want to be in a fantasy league with. I think he should be rewarded a player of commensurate value on this other kid's team like who did who did this oh. other kid uh bid 40 something dollars on give him that guy he gets to just steal a 43 dollar player from his just other from his friends trade they trade i him. mean that sounds crazy but yeah he does because the friend just did that you can't just reach into someone's computer and it did maybe maybe do we force him to give him deontay johnson so kieran kieran wrote in that his kieran's suggestion was that uh, the nephew should automatically get the first waiver pickup, but I actually no. think DK's right. Just the kid, kid gets to swap the player for anyone $42 or less. Yeah. Ish. 42 ish. This would have caused a riot in my family. If this happened, <laughs> if, my, if my like brother did Punches. this to me, because this, so he said his nephew was 12 years old uh, and he got into fantasy two seasons ago. So he's like 14. Th this is an age that is just perfect for, for, losing my mind and and you know <laughs> ruining a friendship perhaps my impulse with this control wasn't is. strong at this point <laughs> no. in your life yeah if my brother did this to me i think that like i mean i would end up in family therapy <laughs> like, i don't even know i don't even know what would happen uh but this is a good a good life lesson uh n never auction draft right next to somebody you gotta have your head on a swivel yeah my question is was the kid who ended up winning deontay johnson was he even involved in the bidding at all like if if he was bidding it up to like in the thirties, that's less of a big deal. Oh, I see. Like like if the nephew was the one at forty one, and then his friend upped it to forty two. Yeah. No, that's still annoying. If you stop, and oh, it's still else annoying, but it's not as bad. Yeah. The funniest thing would be if it was like, oh, this is too expensive. I'm gonna like dip away for a second and like I don't know, go get something from the kitchen, and then you just walk back and you have him. Like that's poor. That's horseshit. But if he wasn't bidding at all, that's a bit more severe than if he was like okay <laughs> with getting him at thirty eight. Yeah. 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 He yeah. didn't want Deontay Johnson at all. <laughs> oh yeah, like God. who knows? Maybe he was like off like getting a slice of pizza and his friend saw that there was an open <laughs> keyboard and smashed Dude, the, that's such a the bid button. Yeah. Did also, I ever tell you guys you know, one time in high school, uh, somebody's computer was open? I think, I don't know where I heard about this. Uh, some friend of mine or somebody's brother or something, there was a computer open in a high school class and I think it was like some type of break or it was like, I don't know. Um, yeah. And 
Somebody walked by and saw a fantasy league open, and it was when Demarius Thomas was like one of the best players in the league. And this random person just goes up to this computer and drops Demarius Thomas. <laughs> Dude, that's so mean. Oh my God. <laughs> Here's the thing. That, if you don't play fantasy football, I have to admit, is super funny. That person is an anarchist. That is... What do, they get, as, what do they get out of it? This is always something that I th- have found fascinating from the human psyche point of view. It's like, wh- what does this person get out of like doing that? You know, just <laughs> chaos. The, the rush of being alive. The rush of being Some a people just want to watch asshole. the world burn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. Yes. I understand that now. But like. Yeah. Imagine Thanos in your fantasy league. He would have sucked. <laughs> Just disappear oh, half man. the players. You know, Thanos could have just doubled the resources. That also would have worked. Oh, that's a bit harder, don't you think? No, well, he has the all the freaking stones. He can do whatever he the fuck do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> He's like, there's not enough stuff. Got to kill everyone. Could have just doubled the shit. And How is it? He can't happy. like double the amount of land. Yes, he can. He can do yes, it. Yes, he can. He's got all that the freaking the- stones. How would that work, though? Don't we? We need the amount of water we have on this planet to, like, you know, f- to f- to facilitate our ecosystems. You can't just he add could, more land. Yes, it. he could. He could totally have done that. <laughs> then he could literally would do probably it die and perish. with a snap of his finger. Then the animals would die. <laughs> then the food systems would all be out of whack. It wouldn't work. You got to just duplicated everything. Like, yeah, if he can kill half the people, he could just double something instead. No, I, I think he had a point. <laughs> Craig, Craig, you're the asshole that went here on this person's computer and dropped DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, what if I was just hiding the fact that it was actually me? (laughs) You wanted to see our reactions. (laughs) It wasn't me. I promise. Mm -hmm. All right, that's all we got. And remember, our weekly rankings are going to be up at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. So every week you start to questions. You can check out (laughs) fantasyfootball.theringer.com. Check out our rankings there. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to Kieran. Thank you to the nephew. The, the calmest 14-year-old on the, the planet. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Iggy Pop song? I can't name one, to be I don't, honest. I know, how to, I know what it sounds like. I don't okay. know the name. Here, let me pull it up here. Oh, The Passenger. Mm. How's it go? Very popular one. Also, the name of the season finale of Westworld Season 2. Oh. You will recognize it, Craig. I guarantee you that. I'm sure I, I feel like every time I give you a song that you don't remember or can't like think of, and I tell you that you remember it, I get people tweeting at me that's saying, oh, yeah, definitely did not know about this song, but recognize it for sure. Yo, if you Google Iggy Pop and just Google images, the first one is so funny. It's like this New Yorker <laughs> shot. For, the first picture is unbelievable. Iggy Pop. Oh, wow. It's just him oh, squeezing wow. his nipple. It's ridiculous. It's kind of a great photo, though. Really high quality. Like, that was on, like, a legit photo shoot. Yeah, it's the New Yorker. It's it's just with, yeah, it's wild. It's a wild thing. He's got chains on around his neck. It's pretty sweet. Pretty badass. I didn't know he was designated the godfather of punk. I didn't know that was his kind of nickname. Mm, Same here. All right, okay. That's all I can handle. All right, goodbye, everyone.